Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus 12, here at the core of the chapter, Moses gives really the most important facets of this event. The key points of Passover, how to celebrate it, and beyond that, why to celebrate it. Exodus 12, starting at verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of blood, dip it in the blood, bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? That you shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. Let's pray. Father, give us the fear of God. Help us to see you as Yahweh the Destroyer who comes into the house and takes the firstborn. We thank you for this protection under the blood that your people experienced in in Egypt of old and that we continue to experience week by week in the Lord's Supper. Cover us with the blood of the Lamb tonight. Give us a desire for it like we've never had before, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Moses tells us the basic information about the rite. Kill the animal. Put the blood on the door. Stay under the blood. He gives us then the reason why we do that. And the reason why we do that is so that Yahweh doesn't come into our house and destroy us. Passover in this account is not a wonderful time to get together with family. Passover is God was going to kill us. And this is how we stop him from doing that. And tell your children that. Because in God's book, this is kid stuff. That's the basic thrust of this passage. Well, it starts with Moses' announcement. He calls the elders, verse 21. He repeats, essentially, God's commands from verses 1 to 20 to the elders. The text doesn't tell us that, but we can presume that. Obviously, Moses doesn't just assume that they know what the Passover is. He describes everything God already said, and then he moves on and tells them more information, which is the information contained in verses 21 through 28. 
And the elders set an example for the people. They do that. That's the calling of an elder. You lead the people of God, you show the people of God, you listen to the word of God, and then you do it so that the others can say, oh, that's what it looks like. So Moses calls the elders and he tells them to take the lamb. And then he describes the right. First of all, you kill the lamb. It's supposed to be sad and sorrowful and painful. This lamb has lived with you for three days. As we saw earlier, verse 3, take it on the 10th day. And then verse 6, keep it until the 14th day, then kill it. So you kill the lamb. It's not a vegan event. And then you mark your door with the blood. Both lentils and the doorpost. And the word translated basin in every English version also means threshold. So Moses might be saying that the blood is on all four sides of the door. Or perhaps there's a bowl and you just put the blood on three sides of the door. Either way, what's the point? The door represents the house, which represents the family inside. Blood of the lamb is on that entrance, thus covering everyone who's inside. And then finally, Stay under the blood. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. That's the right. Pretty simple. Takes a verse and a half to describe. Just like we read earlier in the Westminster Confession about the Lord's Supper. There's not a liturgy book with 25 steps of the things you need to do to make sure you do it right. It's very basic. Get the animal, kill it, put the blood on your door, eat the animal. Why? Here's where it gets interesting. Because Yahweh will pass through to strike the Egyptians. So that is his goal, is to strike the Egyptians, except Israel is just as much at risk. When he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, Yahweh will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. What's the implication? And if there's no blood on the door, Yahweh will allow the destroyer to come in and strike you. We understand at some level that the world is a terrifying place and that there are bad people out there, bad things out there. But as long as they're on the other side of that front door, I can deal with it. What does Moses say? God will come through the door. He almost identifies Yahweh with the destroyer. He doesn't exactly accept that he says Yahweh will pass through to strike the Egyptians at the beginning of the verse, and then Yahweh will not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. So the second part of the verse identifies the one who does the smiting as the destroyer, but the first part of the verse identifies it simply as Yahweh. Where, Where in this narrative is Pharaoh? What's the threat to the people of God? Why are we putting blood on the door? Not to save us from Pharaoh and his genocidal policies, Not to deliver us from the slavery of the Egyptian bureaucratic state. Moses says, Israel, you have a problem and your problem is with God. 
The one who wants to kill you is the Almighty. Forget Pharaoh. Forget slavery. Forget the feel-good narrative of deliverance. That's there. But in the Passover meal, it recedes so far into the background that it vanishes. The key point of Passover is that God is coming to kill you. And if you want to keep him out, there's only one way to do that. You have to do this right. There's this edge in all of the sacraments that God has given us. Baptism is like being drowned in the waters of Noah's flood. The Lord's Supper is all about spilled blood and a broken and bruised body. Circumcision takes a knife and hacks at your body and cuts part of it off. Talk about a visible, visceral threat. All of the sacraments have this element of this is life, but it's on a razor edge next to death. The destroyer is coming, and he is coming into your house, except if you put the blood on the doorposts. The biggest threat to Israel is not Pharaoh. It's Yahweh. That's the message of Passover. Right? Passover is not the day on which Pharaoh passed over the houses of the Jews. Passover is the day on which God passed over the houses of his people. So why the firstborn? I told you I used to go through and add it up. The firstborn. Well, let's see. Thankfully, neither of my parents is a firstborn. None of my grandparents are firstborns. But I'm a firstborn. My wife is a firstborn. My aunt, my uncle, they were firstborns. I would think about reading this passage as a child. All the people that I stand to lose, should this come my way? But what is God saying by taking the firstborn? Not that the rest of you are okay. He's saying... Everybody's life is forfeit. We talked about the first fruits in Sunday school. If you bring the first thing you harvest, what are you saying? The whole crop belongs to God. I'm handing over this part of it. To take the firstborn is to say the whole family belongs to me. I'm the firstborn of my parents, and then they went on to have ten more like me. To requisition me is to say, those other ten also belong to the God who took the first one. So we mark only the door with the blood, and only the firstborn dies. And that's a way of saying the whole house is covered, the whole family is covered, because the whole family's life is forfeit, because that's what Sin does. Sin brings death and makes God angry with us and not only ready to kill us, but on the hook. He has to kill us to satisfy his own justice. 
So God has struck nine blows against Pharaoh. And in the tenth blow, he goes out of his way to tell his people, look, it's not just Pharaoh. Don't you dare sit here in Goshen and say, I'm good. Pharaoh down there, he's the problem. And the worst plague of all, Israel is not automatically spared. Israel is threatened just like Egypt. And Egypt then has the ability to be saved just like Israel if they will hide under the blood of the Lamb. Later Jewish tradition got this exactly backwards in its statement somewhere in the Mishnah that Egyptians in Jewish houses died. Jewish people in Egyptian households lived. Right? That's not what the passage is saying. It's not about ethnicity, it's about the blood of the Lamb. And if you're covered under the blood, then and only then will you live. So God comes to his people and says, I'm a bigger problem for you than Pharaoh ever thought about being. I am Yahweh the destroyer. And my destruction will come into your house and kill you if you don't do exactly as I say and take refuge under the Lamb's blood. Right? This smells like the Bronze Age. It's from the Bronze Age. Because our God is an unreconstructed Bronze Age deity. He hasn't changed since he gave Moses these instructions. That's why Jesus says, yes, I tell you, fear him. So observe it, verse 24. You shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. We talked about the word ordinance, which keeps coming up in this chapter. What does ordinance mean? It means it's mandatory. You see that sign in the park, city ordinance number blah, blah, blah. It's an ordinance. Keep Passover for you and your sons forever. God no longer requires a particular ritual, but he still requires us to hide under the blood of Jesus. And therefore observe it even in the promised land. Verse 25, when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, keep this service. And we say, wait, how does this work? God is ready to kill me. God is ready to give me a land. These two don't add up. Moses says, yes, God is ready to kill you, but he's given you a way to live. And he plans on you taking that way. And coming into the promised land. And continuing to take that way there. So you observe it, and you teach it. Don't just observe it without teaching it. Don't let it become a mindless ritual. Well, this is just what we do. We kill a lamb and put blood on the door. No, when your children say, why do we put blood on the door? What do you mean by this service? Say, well, what does God say to say? It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord. This little speech you're supposed to give your children contains five points. Number one, Passover is a sacrifice. Now what does it mean that Passover is a sacrifice. Simply that that is the main element. 
Primarily, this thing is not right, a manufacturing process. We're not making a widget. Nor is it primarily a holiday, a celebration, a family event where we get together and celebrate how wonderful God is to deliver us. That's part of it. But the premier element in Passover is sacrifice. That is, we're killing this animal and giving it to God. That's what Passover is about. And you need to teach your children that. This belongs to God. The sheep is not our sheep, it's God's sheep. And then secondly, you have to explain that Yahweh passed over us. All right, Pharaoh has disappeared from this account. It is the Passover sacrifice of Yahweh who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. Delivered from what? Right? We talk about getting saved. Saved from what? And the final answer is saved from God. God delivered us. Yes, he delivered us from Pharaoh. Yes, he delivered us from sin. But ultimately, he delivered us from himself and his own wrath. And that's kid stuff. Teach that to your children, God says. Children, your life was forfeit unless you hide under the Lamb's blood. That's the message of Passover. So yes, mention that we were in Egypt and explain what we were doing there. Pharaoh enslaved us there. Mention that God smote the Egyptians. That's part of it. But Yahweh spared our houses. And it's not about bricks without straw. It's not about political freedom. Passover is mostly about being saved from the wrath of God. Moses says, keep that right. Teach that right. Show that right to your children. So he passes that on to the elders. There's two responses. The people bowed their heads and worshipped. That's the first response. They hear that God delivered them from his wrath and they bow their heads. Right In a few chapters, we're going to see that verse from this morning. Uh, this people is a stiff-necked people. But here, they worship. Thank you, God, that you gave us a way of escape from your judgment. That your wrath is not the final word on our lives. And that's how we should respond to Passover, to the Lord's Supper, to the knowledge that the Son of God shed His blood so we could be saved. We respond with worship and then obedience. The children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Twice in the same verse, right? It's repeated to tell us they definitely did it. They kept this right. Because if they hadn't, the rest of the book of Exodus wouldn't exist. There'd be nobody to bring out of Egypt. Well, I guess it would be much reduced with all the firstborns gone. But that's not, they obeyed. They did what God said. God said, this is a mandatory right, keep it. They kept it. So how do you know you've celebrated the Lord's Supper rightly? When you're motivated to obey God. 
How do you know you've celebrated the Lord's Supper rightly? When you're motivated to worship God. Well, that's the basics of Passover. God has passed over us, poured his wrath on the innocent lamb, Jesus of Nazareth, as a sacrifice in our place. And therefore, we're delivered. And we respond to that in worship and obedience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you passed over our homes that you spared us, that you delivered us from your destroying wrath. Father, help us to understand at a visceral level that our lives were forfeit to you because of our sinfulness and that it's only in the blood of the Lamb that we are saved and healed. Father, we pray these things In the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen.